really deep one. me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite books from the book talk world. We have already got the giggles, so you know it's going to be a good podcast episode. But today we are covering book two of the Ruthless Boys series, which is called Savage Fae. I'm Caitlin, joined by my co-hosts, Bridget and Hilda. Hi. And we've got a lot to cover, a lot of thoughts and feelings, as we do with every Zodiac Academy book series. Now, well, before we get into it, we will say our spoiler warnings. If you haven't read Ruthless Boys, we're going to get into a lot of the plot points and things coming up. So if you don't want to be spoiled, don't listen to this one. We have a bunch of, you know, 30 some odd episodes at this point you can go tune back into. Now, we covered the first book, Ruth, Ruthless Fae. No, God, I'm messing Dark that up. Fae. Dark Fae. Dark Fae. Yes. Book one, Ruthless Boys. Dark Fae. There we go. So that's live, so you can go catch up on there. And we're going to catch you guys back up, give you a quick little reader recap on where we are with book two. Now, before we get into it, what did you guys think about this book? We all just mostly did a reread, re-listen. So when you think of the span of the Ruthless Boys books, how do we feel? I want to say that some of my favorite scenes are in this book, but now I don't remember fully because my memory is getting bad. (laughs) There's memorable good scenes in this one. So there's, okay, here's something that has always bothered me. I understand Uh. Elisa's connection with Gabriel and Leon and even Dante. I don't understand no, her don't connection. Don't you say it. Writer, I don't. Stop. I, I don't I don't get it. Like someone drank the haterade today. She really did. Writer flavored. Like, so you just don't like a real bad boy. You just like an asshole. No, no, like no. maybe. Mm-hmm. But like I I don't get it. I don't get it. So, you know, whatever. I don't want to get into the story, but I just we don't really take remember. Out, out, out of the beginning. I we gotta know people. Are you with Hilda against her? This is going to go up in the polls for sure on Instagram. I feel like book two is really like, if you didn't like him the first book, I don't think you're still going to like him the second book. I think a lot of the people I really started to turn on him on the second book. Well, you start getting a little bit more background and you're like, okay, maybe he isn't such the, you know, horrible person that we all think he is. He's broken. He's He he is broken. But like, if you were a true hater, hater, you're not going to like really flip until the very, like, I think probably a third or fourth Who isn't broken and traumatized? I mean, aren't we all? I mean, yes, but like. Okay, broken, traumatized, and tortured. That's a new layer. As a child. Mm -hmm. And orphaned. Dark stuff. With the advantage that it regenerates his magic he, he gets okay off on at that pain. time he hadn't emerged into his order yet so he was just straight up being tortured with no power surges it does nothing nothing to my heart you know what he might be the reptile but you sound like the cold hearted <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it also first book that i've ever read where there was multiple partners like, you know, this is a white choose. And at the time that I started reading, I had no mm-hmm. fucking clue what that meant. And so, like, I started now getting look a, little, where we are. a little taste of here and there. So, like, you know, as a white choose virgin, I was like, oh, is this about to happen? I think I, I can get into this. Oh, the locker room scene? Yes. Yep. You know exactly yep. what scene I'm talking about. Locker room scene is a good scene. It was a good one. I reread it and I was like, ooh. Still, it still, still hits the it. same way. Yeah. Okay. Still so it got it. It didn't hit the same way for me because. I didn't do Audible, but I got Alexa to read to me. 
And oh, oh no. It's, it's just, it's not the same. How did she handle uh, Dante's like, so take your Dante, panties off, Karina? Like, that doesn't Dante, hit the same way. Dante is Dante. Oh. Um, <laughs> this does not sound like a good listener reader experience. It's kind of funny hearing her, hearing Alexa say like, fuck. And then it's funny because she attempts to do voices because, like, oh. when somebody gets mad, she'll, like, raise her voice, be like, he growled type of thing. <laughs> so I appreciate the effort, but it's just not. A, a, okay. A, the other thing that was confusing was when it the POV changes, she doesn't read the chapter title because oh, I guess that's, it's that's confusing. art and not live text. So a couple times as I was like walking around, I was like, "Who's whose chapter is this? Yeah, that uh, is hard. And then you have to rely on context clues because a couple times during my reread, I skip ahead and or I think I'm like, oh, I'm still in Elise. And then I find out I'm like, Jesus, I'm in like Gabriel. How did this happen? Yeah. That's the tricky part about POVs and multiple partners. You, it's hard to figure out where everything is. Right. And especially if some of them are similar, like they're the way they speak and stuff like that and their characters are very similar, you might not notice the change between the POVs if you're just skipping over title. Another thing, you know, up until last year, I didn't really read any books with multiple POVs. And then now I have to get into the habit of reading who the POV is by before just diving into the next chapter. Yeah, That took me a while to get into actually starting the Zodiac Academy series, how quickly it flipped POVs because I hadn't really read that before. So it was was interesting. Mm -hmm. Took some getting used to, but now I'm very used to it. We're seasoned at this point. Seasoned vets at this point. All right. We have three plot points happening within Savage Fae. We have Gareth's murder and his POV, which is still sprinkled throughout the book, giving us kind of historical interactions of what happened to him and painting a picture, a very negative picture of all the kings. Why don't I remember what the school's name is called? Alestria is a city. Where are Aurora, we? Aurora. Aurora. Academy. All right. Painting all the kings in a really bad light at Aurora Academy. Then we have Elise investigating, air quotes, investigating all these kings. And she's trying to get to, you know, figure out who, did any of them murder her brother? Did one of them do it? Did all of them do it? But she's also kind of falling for all of them, which makes for an interesting plot point. I've never been a PI, but if I were to be a PI, I'd want to be an Elise type of PI. Yeah. Like, did you kill my brother? Let's make out. Another what a test. <laughs> what a test to figure out if they'd done it. Then on the third plot point, we have the sinister plots. So, of course, in the background of all of this murder and lust, we have the black card cult happening without the school. It's doling out Killblaze, which is a.k.a. like fairy meth. And we have a mission from Ryder that we know from the last book that he is kind of out to get someone. We don't know who. So... We'll just have to keep reading to find out. So, sorry, I'm laughing. If we did episode titles, this one would be Murder and Lust, a tale of a woman and four kings. That was a really good. That was good. That was a really good statement. I liked it. It might make it into the um, description. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, good. All right. So this book opens up right where it left off with Gabriel having whisked Elise away and saving her from King while she was still high on Killblaze. So you remember in the last book, at a bonfire out at the Ironwood, she is somehow drugged with Killblaze. We don't know who. She's high off her high off her head. High off her mind? High out of her mind. Yep. There we go. 
That's that espresso martini coming into play. And she gets swept up into the black card cult and sees someone get killed before her eyes. And they gave up all their magic and it was terrifying and horrifying. She realized she was next if Gabriel hadn't swooped her away. So Gabriel brings her back to a safe house and it's a safe house in like Alestra is pretty sketchy, but this is an especially sketchy part of town. It's in the Lunar Brotherhood part of town. Yes, the Lunar Brotherhood part of town. So Gabriel brings her back to his safe house because he's got a safe house. And they recount the night. Elise tells Gabriel that she saw this murder happen. It was terrifying. And things sort of go from, wow, that was really scary. Thanks for saving my life to, ooh, hey, Gabriel, baby. And this is where Gabriel has one of his big mood swings, where things start to get hot and heavy. And then he's like, I can't do this. Please. We're Elysian mates. And I'm trying to trick the fate, which like, LOL. Gabe, come on, man. You've got the sight and you can't tell if this is not going to work. But I'm trying to trick the fates and we can't be together. Every single and- time, the Katy Perry's, you're hot and you're cold, you're yes and you're yes. no, pops into my head. That's his anthem. That's him. Him yeah. in this book series. Even Elise is over his bullshit. She rolls her eyes and she says, I'm sick of your moods. You're a merry-go-round and I want off this right now. And she storms off. Now, Gabriel realizes, oh, shit, this is not a great part of town. Like, we're from a not great part of town, and this is especially bad. So she stomps off, walks out into the city looking for help, and comes across a bar. She walks into the bar, which is called the Rusty Nail. She goes, you know, all tough girl because she's reasoning, oh, shit, I'm in yesterday's clothes. I don't have any money. Not even. She's in his shirt. She's in his shirt. That's right. And her stilettos, and she has no magic. And the swagger she walks in with, I don't even think I could muster like an ounce of it because she realizes, well, I'm kind of fucked when I came into this bar and the only way I'm getting out of here alive, realizing this is like a gang of motorcycle motorcycle toughs is kind of how I like I pictured it. Yes. So she's like, I got to play this off. So she goes up to the bar and she says, hey, can I just, she realizes where she is. She realizes that I'm in a lunar brotherhood bar and the only person who's going to prevent me from getting initiated beaten the hell up is going to be writer so she asks the barmaid behind the bar who she thinks is the barmaid to call someone oh yeah i think you might know him um it's writer writer draconis and everyone's like shut up like that's not who we're calling and she's just like well why don't, why don't you call him and find out if um uh, if he knows me or not i think this Maybe is this- like Right after she, like, caused ruckus within the bar. Like, doesn't she try to, like, drink someone's blood? Yes, because everyone's like, get out of here, girl. And she's like, no, it's fine, whatever. And she's realizing, I am not – I am the – this is not a good place for me to be. Single gal in yesterday's clothes. So we find out that this is not your average barmaid. This is actually Scarlet Tide, who is writer's number two, and her role today is bitchy barmaid. So Elise gets her to call writer. And Ryder comes to save her, but he isn't happy about it. And he isn't happy that she made him look like a fool. So he realizes she's been out with Gabe and he brings her back. And of course he's mad. Where were you? Why'd you disappear? Now, the men folk are all going to be in a tizzy. We'll get into that later. But Dante, Leon kind of do the same thing. So he realizes she's been with Gabe. He's annoyed that he's been with Gabe. And again, she stomps off. Ryder realizes he's starting to catch some feelings. And he's like, you know what? I'm on a mission from Felix Escora, And I got to refocus on that. 
So like I said, the men folk are in a tizzy. She, st- she stomps off. That she stomped off and left out of the woods because they didn't know she was high. They didn't know what she saw. So she finds Leon and really throughout this book, I'd say Leon is her rock, her source of comfort. When all the men are mad and they're in their feelings, Leon is the one who believes her. So at this point, she's told everyone, I saw someone get murdered in the woods. And everyone's like, oh, okay, did you? Leon is the only one who actually believes her. So during this moment, Gabe Gabe knows. Gabe knows because he saw it. Gabe yes. knows because he saw it. Um, but Leon is like, you know, Leon I'm from a famous yeah. group of thieves. And I would not say let's go to the FIB, but I'll go with you if that's what you want, which I love. Now, he has his little sweet moment where he's like, I'm trying to care for my little monster in her time of need. And Every single time he calls toast. her little monster, I'm like, okay, Gabe. And I mean, not Gabe. Actually, Leon, you're winning me over again. It's really important that Leon will do this because in his order form or as part of his order, he's the one that's supposed to be like fawned over and taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so for him to actually do that for someone else is very significant. Right. He should have a pride and they should all be taking care of him. Yeah. Which right. He's got his, his flock of minis that he's used to not lifting a finger for. I think like, was it this book or the last book? They actually get him dressed. He just kind of like stands there. It's like last And book. they're like fluffing his hair and putting on his pants. Sorry that Toby's making noise. That's okay. We love a guest appearance. So he says, I think we should maybe go to the FIB. And she's like, nah, I don't know. He said, well, how about Principal Grayshine? Maybe that person should know that a student is killed. So she's like, you know what? Let's go. So they go to Principal Grayshine. And when they think that they are coming to be like, we have to report a murder. Someone was killed. He's like, yeah, were they? Because I'm looking at the surveillance video and it looks just like you were high and getting into a fight with Cindy Lou. And, you know, Cindy Pooh, that little funny, funny. Don't say it. She's still here. Okay. For future yeah, reference. She's the still last- I'm like, stop. <laughs> stop. Cindy Pooh is, <laughs> is Bridget's Beetlejuice. I think Beetle you say it three times when I freeze. Yes, I say it three times and she's gone. That's it. The whole thing's gone. We got to start from the beginning. Uh, so she like really who shall not be named heretofore. <laughs> okay, which is gonna we're just gonna go Cindy Lou her her legal name. So Principal Grayshine is really skeptical, given that she was high on Killblaze, and tries to be like, you should be really careful about Killblaze. This isn't for you. And she's like, what are you not understanding? Gabriel was there. He saved me. So they call Gabriel down to the office. He comes in. He sees the video, and he straight up denies it. He's like, I didn't see anything. What are you talking about? I hate him. Hated him in this moment. I was so annoyed with him because of this. I found this more annoying than the whole, you're my mate, but I can't be with you. Oh, I agree. Bullshit. Oh, yeah, because I'm going to save you and then I'm going to leave you out to dry. What was the point of that? Hold on. Espresso martini break. Fucking was, Gabe. When Gabe did that, I was like, what was the point of all that hurrah? Like, why go out into the woods, find her, rescue her, take her home, get so concerned, you get her pissed off because you're like, you can't be taking drugs, blah, blah, blah. What's wrong with you? And all that nonsense for you to go to administration and be like, no, nah, she's fucking lying. You're an asshole, Gabe. You're an asshole. Ultimately, Gabe's excuse is that he ends up telling Elise eventually um, someone's after me. I don't know who it is. And so I'm not interested in like the FIB knowing who I am or having like my name all over the news, which I mean, get it's it. kind of bullshit. It is bullshit. It is. Especially since ways that's to help your, your friend. Mate. Uh-huh. Yes. So understandably, Elise is livid. 
She's like, don't talk to me. Don't call my name. Don't look in my direction. I don't want to hear it. After all your merry-go-rounds emotions, I love you. No, I don't. Get away. We're done. This is it. So she goes back to her little lion that makes him laugh, her laugh. And this is another instance where Gabe tries to do sweet things for Elise. And it's funny because he said he's trying to cut up strawberries. And he's like, oh, it's a good thing this is red. You mean the amount Leon. Of- oh, what did I say? Gabe? You said Gabe. I was like. Oh, no. Leon. Our little Leon. Little lion Leon. Liam. Lion. Jesus. Our little lion Leon. Oof. That was tough. So Leon tries to make her a little picnic to take her mind off the stress that she's been having. And he is trying to cut her up strawberries, but he says the amount of blood that's in here because he's cutting his own hand because he doesn't know how to cut strawberries. It's like, it's a good thing that she's a vampire and enjoys blood because it's all over these strawberries. He also makes her (laughs) a sandwich and he comes with some chocolate. So he says, look, little monster, I've got this picnic for you. And this is not plot whatsoever. I just find it endearing. And that's why I'm sharing it. It is adorable. Um, And what he ends up making is a jalapeno and hot sauce sandwich, which, of course, she spits out. And he's like, okay, well, that was a disaster. I brought strawberries and chocolate, which he uses as fire magic to completely burn to a crisp. And it's just – this is something we'll see kind of throughout where Leon tries really hard because he's not used to this kind of life doing things for others. Now – on the flip side, we'll go back to a, a quick Gareth POV. So Gareth is hard into blackmailing Gabe. And he's getting about a thousand auras a time every month to go pay off old Sal. Um, and he starts running jobs for Dante to help supplement that. So he's got his gay blackmailing income. Now he's starting to run jobs for Dante. What the jobs are doesn't really matter. Just know that he's starting to bring in an income working with the Oscura gang. So back in our present time, Elise has a sleepover, just a sleepover at Leon's. And while he's asleep, she, you know, she finds her brother's phone hidden in his old bunk. Because as you remember, Leon was a roommate of Gareth's. And I guess they still have like an old empty bunk in his room, which feels weird. Um... But she kind of feels this calls to magic. She kind of goes over there to go investigate and see, you know, she sniffs his pillow. Is this smell like my brother? Sadly, it doesn't. So she's kind of looking around just for any clues. And that's when she finds this call to magic. She unlocks a secret compartment and she finds his phone. She starts going through the text messages and she sees all of the kings in there. The most recent text messages are from none other than Gabriel, our favorite lukewarm lover. And... The messages she, she the messages she is seeing is giving her cause for concern because the last couple of things that have come through are Gabe basically saying, I'm going to fucking kill you. Stop blackmailing me. You're dead when I find you. So not looking good as a murder, sus- a murder suspect with a murder. Oh, my God. I'm really having trouble with these alliterations today <laughs> and I'm not even doing it on purpose. <laughs> is it the... Is it the espresso martini or are we just I don't know. I hired think I'm a AF. little stuffy. I think I'm tired. So not looking good for a murder sp- suspect with a motive. So she decides to take this phone and then later she's going to text text Gabe and see what happens. And she takes Gareth's phone. She texts him. And we realize Gabriel picks it up immediately and has almost a heart attack. She's able to see this play out real time in front of him. And she notices that he's like, where did you come from? I know this isn't you. And there's this back and forth messaging where Gabriel is freaking out that this person has risen from the dead. He thinks that someone else found out his identity. Someone knows Gareth must have told someone. And Elise is thinking, you know, rightfully so, that he actually killed her brother. And so this is something that we'll use... It'll come back a little bit later as well. 
So now Elise is kind of officially with Leon because we've got Ryder who's Ryder and a little uh, moody. We've got Gabriel who's extra moody. Dante, I'd say, is all, is lukewarm. He's not he's not a hater, but he's not a lover yet. So Elise is kind of officially, we'll say officially unofficially because she doesn't want to be tied down in a man with Leon. And all the others are pretty jealous, especially Dante. Oh, sorry, I'm just looking back at my notes, and this must be a typo because it says E. Scott Dante. I'm like, does that? E. Scott Dante. Party Dante? I'm I think it's think think especially that Dante. <laughs> well, you're supposed to say especially. I'd say Dante slightly backed off a bit from her because she appears to be with Leon, and Leon's his bestie or his bro. They have a bromance. Dante and Leon do have a really good bromance, and so why Dante is jealous, he's also kind of into it. He's like, "Oh, I see an opportunity here." Not as what into en- it as Leon, though, because Leon's ends the one up that's happening- like pleasure. Is that Leon kind of wants to make it official, but Elise is like, listen, I really like you, but I also really like these other assholes, and I don't want to be tied down to one guy. And so Leon's like, well, how can I keep her if she doesn't want to be tied down? And she know, and he knows that Dante has a thing for her. So there's an Oscura party in the Ironwoods again, maybe. And it's in the woods. I don't know what the name of the woods yes, are. Yes, but there's a little bit moon. before we get to that part. Oh, okay. JK, reverse, reverse. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so especially Dante, who's, again, a little into it, because he and Leon have a good little little bromance happening. And he's seeing a glint. Leon is seeing a glint in Dante's eye and is thinking there's an opportunity here that maybe it can be more than just one person here. Uh, when Ryder finds out in potions class that she's with Leon, he is livid. Super pissed. And we get the first reference here to the Lion King where he calls Leon Hakuna my asshole. Which is hard because it's like Hakuna Matasshole, I think is what it is. Hakuna Matasshole. That's a tough one. But this is what it's kicks it's, off. H- wait, how does it say originally? I Hakuna spelled Matata. it out. Hakuna and it's M-A-T-A-S-S. Hakuna Matata. It would have been Hakuna Matasshole. Kuna ma asshole. Kuna ma asshole. But there's a T, which is weird. Anyway. Ma asshole. <laughs> this kicks off. <laughs> it's weird. This kicks off a series long references to The Lion King, which you will see referenced throughout, which actually even carries over to. To ZA. To ZA. You know, there's a big reference to someone with a lot of Disney tattoos, and we'll find out later who that is. Dun, dun, dun. I do love the reference. It brings me joy. It makes Ryder feel semi-human or semi-normal Faye, not psychotic, whatever Faye he is. Yeah. So now it's worth noting that Elise is going to do some extra studies with her potions professor, similar to the extra studies she kind of has with Nightshade, more of those therapy sessions. This is a catching up of a tutoring session because she went to a different school. And in her potions professor, she finds a an ally. She says, I saw this thing in the woods and he believes her, which is great because up until this point, the only person that's actually really believed her that this happened is Leon. And I think Elisa's starting to go a little crazy thinking like, did I see this thing? Did I not see this thing? And so that's a relationship 
between her and Professor Titan that's going to develop a little bit more as we progress through the series. Now, I'll say this part next, Dolan, because it brought me so much joy to read. But we talked about Leon and Dante's bromance. Leon plays a prank with Star Stop and Pegasus Glitter on Dante in the shower that leaves Dante with a very glittery, soapy hairdo. And it's just a really sweet moment because you really get to see how these two are bros. You know? Yeah, and Elise plays into it, too, because she's like, how do you get away with this stuff? And Leon's like, the same way you get away with stuff, like, you both want into my ass or something like that. Yeah, something really funny. It's just It was, like, funny and sexual, and she was like, yeah, that makes sense. That's true. Yep, I see it. So we're setting the stage for something that could be a little bit more. Uh, Another little point that comes up, and we'll just briefly touch on it here, is that Leon finds a note detailing – all of Elise's whereabouts. So it's clear that now someone is following Elise around school and noting where she is throughout the day, presumably to tell someone, not just because they want to know where she is, because they want to know where she is for a bad reason. So now Leon is going to hunt down this person and the plot kind of thickens in that sinister sin because we're thinking, is this writer's mission? Is it Gabriel? We're actually looking to kill her because he knows it's he had her, she has her brother's phone, possibly. We're not sure who it is, but we do need to be on the lookout. I could just picture Gabe, or not Gabe, Leon, like, putting on his little Batman cape and is like, I'm off to go, like, save you the know, day, <laughs> Mr. Vigilante. <laughs> the Emperor's new groove. Oh, yes, with Cusco. Cusco, <laughs> the poison for Cusco. Cusco's poison. And then he, like, goes, like, doop, 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 doop. Wait, he I goes, can totally oh, see like, this music. <laughs> they are such similar personalities. This makes sense. Yeah, I, I did. I'm hearing this right now. Like, as I'm saying this, is, I'm like, he is. Yeah, that's him. Okay, now whenever I think of Leon and whenever he says something, I'm going to hear it in Kronk's voice. Yeah. Kronk. Pull the lever. <laughs> love it that's crunk Hilda's like what the fuck is a Cusco <laughs> no I watched an Emperor's New Groove I liked it it's cute it's adorable it's like it's great. old Disney it's, it's great. like I can't say it's old Disney it's Not like old. it's 2000s it's like Disney mid-century Disney oh you know? mid-century <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> if you've got your sleeping beauties like the old the classics vintage Disney this is like your mid I don't know. Maybe it's not a good thing. Long story short, Leon is Kronk. Kronk is Leon. So that's him tiptoeing around the school, thinking he's very stealthy, but he's not. So Dante invites Elise to an Escura gang party that is happening, and she just happens to show up with Leon. Now, Elise makes it very clear, and as she does to all the kings, I do not want to be tied down to one man. Do not make me pick. I won't. I'm not going to do it. And as Leon and Elise are dancing at the club, being the wood at this party, <laughs> Dante is is looking at them. He's like, ooh, they're looking good when they're dancing. And Leon catches his eye and he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to set this up and it's going to be a three-way tonight, buddy. So he makes it clear he wants to share Elise. The three of them have a pretty hot three-way makeout scene. And she <laughs> leaves and they them made with dance actual – what? They made dance floor babies. They made dance floor babies for everyone to see, which you know is going to be the talk of the school the next day. But she leaves them with actual blue balls instead of just emotional blue balls because 
Three-way makeout scene is where that ended. Now don't worry. We'll get to more, dear listener. But that's where it ends for then. The next day, of course, this is the talk of the school. Um, but Elise has her counseling session with Miss Nightshade. So she wakes up hungover, runs over there, and overhears a phone call from Miss Nightshade. And it's pretty suspicious. So she hears a phone call asking, is it done? Did you destroy the records? And through her super vampire hearing, we find out, or we assume she's talking to the card master, the person who's leading the black card. And now we know that Miss Nightshade and the Cardmaster are in cahoots somehow. Now, Elise is probably thinking that we're talking about destroying the records, meaning destroying the records of the kid that killed themselves that she witnessed and no one else seems to believe. And so she knows we've got to get in there and investigate this more. So she's continuing to have her sessions and explore what that is like. Remember, she's masking because Honey Nightshade is a, cycl- a siren. So feeding her different emotions, pretending her dad has died when it's really her grief is coming from Gareth because she doesn't want her to know my brother went here and was killed. After her session is writer's session next, we find that he's taking sessions as well, therapy sessions, and she kind of sticks around and overhears another juicy tidbit. This is where she learns that Ryder actually had an affair with a teacher, Professor King. He used his red room of pain toys on her, and in return, she would give bad grades to Dante Escura, make it seem like he was failing out, make it harder for him to succeed academically at school. You know, which adds to that rivalry right away. So there's a couple of big things we learned there. Obviously, he was hooking up with the professor. He was blackmailing her to give fellow rival gang bad grades. And then we also overhear about his torture sessions that happened at the hand of Mariella Escora after his father was killed. So poor writer's got a lot going on when we talk about emotional baggage. Because the previous night's party, as I said, is the talk of the school. Ryder learns of the steamy three-way kiss and storms off to attack Dante. And he just happens to be with Elise, of course, which makes him even more. The male ego, very fragile. So Dante and Ryder get into a huge fist fight. Elise is there and she breaks them apart to calm him down. In doing so, the boys make a crazy deal with each other because they're both into Elise. They can't stand the fact that my rival mortal enemy is also have a crush on her and they can't fathom her hooking up with each other. So they enter with this crazy deal. Now let's discuss because the deal is no kissing, no fucking, no touching Elise below her underwear, no hurting her for pleasure, writer, no overnight bed sharing and no jerking off over her while she's in the same room. And that was a star bond. So, so these two spe- assholes. They're so specific. Oh my gosh. These so two assholes basically make this deal in front of Elise. And she's like, what the fuck? I don't agree to any of this. But this is the epitome of like cutting off your nose to spite your face. They both fucked each other over. Boys are dumb. They are. They are. Sorry. I was like <laughs> recouping. All right. So we've got this deal. A very, very limited deal. And almost the second that they clap hands and a star bond is made, they realize, wow, we are big dumb idiots because we're only punishing ourselves here. And she's just like, well, you dummies made this rule, not me. So that's an interesting thing they're going to have to contend with. These poor guys and their actual blue balls. It's going to be rough. Just a smaller side note. From here on out, we're kind of going to get different backgrounds and glimpses into everyone, the king's 
home lives, their background lives. So the first one we get a glimpse into is Dante. And Dante's home life, I would say, very mimics what I imagine the godfather's house to kind of look like. So you've got mama making Sunday dinner, kids running amok. You've got uncles and and aunts talking about business. We meet Rosalie here. Rosalie who does is a character that comes back into Zodiac Academy She's and is a star of Darkmoor, which we haven't I haven't read and we haven't covered. So we can all read it together. I was gonna say, uh, look forward to that coming in the future. Coming soon. I read it. Which apparently it has good? a hell of a cliffhanger. So I may wait this one out. It is good. I was telling you guys it was really good. You did. So we get a, a glimpse into Dante's home life. It's it seems very family. Based now, remember he is a dragon born into a clan of wolves. So everyone in his family are wolves, and wolves, as we remember from Seth, very touchy feely, warm, huggy, patty, strokey. Like they're very touchies. So he comes back to a lot of that. The big takeaway here is that we meet Uncle Felix, who is a huge asshole, and that's basically what we need to know from that interaction he comes back drunk he knocks over mama's dinner everyone's upset if someone's birthday and he's being a jerk to this little six-year-old you're like why unnecessary sir i was gonna say is rosalie is her father's felix right yeah rosalie is felix's daughter i was gonna say on the villain scale of like zero to lionel felix is like a seven. I, well, oh my god, you pulled a number right out of my head. I, sa- I was about to say the same thing. I was going to say seven or eight. 7.5. He's horrible, but we don't get to know him enough to hate him with a fiery burning passion the way that we do with Lionel. Yes. It's also, you can start to pick up here, Felix is Dante's number two. And so these interactions you see are not just mixed with familial bonding it is like political maneuvering and undercutting so he is nice and appearance wise respectful for dante but he says things in kind of a shitty tone he says things he's like i'm just joking but you're like are you i think you're actually just being yeah he tries to gaslight the fuck out of him yeah absolutely that's what it is he's gaslighting him and so even though he's number two he's acting as number one because dante's still in school so He's kind of like running operations outside of the academy, but he still is technically supposed to get approval from Dante on majority of the happenings of of the gang life. And um, Felix is starting to go a little rogue. And Dante hasn't had enough, I feel like, evidence to, you know, hold that against him. So he has to wait for things to play out. Well, I feel like it was more that Dante, he does have bad feelings about Felix, but he doesn't feel... He's like, he also respects that Felix is his uncle. So he doesn't want to like call him out. But he knows that Felix is dangerous and that he's a loose cannon. Hey, gang life is not for me, but that whole like family scene of everyone coming to the big house and there's food and there's so much joy and laughter, minus the murder and chaos at some points. You know, I like that. You know, that's the life I want to live. Yeah. (laughs) Just like the Godfather. (laughs) So while this is all happening, Gabe who has a private eye we spoke about last time, is looking into the threats that he has started receiving. Now, just to be clear, when I was talking about it before, while we know Elise is the one sending the messages on Gareth's phone, Gabe does not, and he is freaking the fuck out about it. So he has his private eye go into it, and 
While I don't recall the specifics of how he figures this out, I think he does more investigations into Gareth's family. He unearths a photo, a family photo, with a blonde-haired Elise, their mom, and Gareth. And even though the Elise we know in this book has dyed her hair purple, Gabe should know his Elysian mate from anywhere, spots her right away, and freaks out. He flies over to confront her, and in a heated argument, she admits it. She says, yeah, you know what? I did send you those messages because I think you murdered my brother. And they have, you know, a heated exchange where they kind of, Gabe admits, I didn't kill your brother. Yes, he was blackmailing me. Yes, I did threaten to kill him. And, but I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have anything to do with his death. We did get into it the night before, but that's it. Elise doesn't really believe him. She wants to believe him, but she's not sure. And as a sign of good faith, Gabe goes out to the cabin that Elise was at the night she was drugged and does some investigation. And now his sight at this point in time comes and goes. It doesn't really show him a full picture. Through the site here, he's actually able to see what had happened and can confirm that Elise did see someone get killed. Okay. He sees the black card members. He sees them chanting with dark music, dark magic. And he sees the leader that we cannot identify whose it is. Because as he's saying words, his voice is changing from masculine to feminine. His appearance is shifting the whole time. So there's really no way to get a read on who this person actually is. But at least he can go back to Gabriel. Uh, at least Gabe can go back to Elise and say, you know what? You're not wrong. You're not crazy. Yeah. I saw what happened. And just to clarify, everybody, reminder, since this takes place five years before Zodiac Academy, this is really when we're introduced to Gabriel. So Gabriel doesn't know who his family is. He's just he's grown up with adopted parents, adoptive parents, and he just knows that he has a stranger sending him money. And so as he tries to tap into his his sightseeing gifts, he he's told that it's obvious that someone has put a block on him so yeah. that he can't see things. And so can't this see is, clearly. Yeah. So this is all part of like Gabe discovering who he is, which ultimately, spoiler alert, he's the Vega twins half brother. And the man we know to come and love in Zodiac Academy. So for the next couple moments, we'll just say that Elise has Lots of tender moments between Ryan. Oh my God. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> Lots of tender moments between Ryder, Dante, and Leon. You know, she's circling through her kings. Now, here's where we get to a good scene. And I'm going to point to one specific shower scene. It is worth a reread. So, in this shower scene, it is a post pitball game match. Everyone is muddy and dirty. Now, remember, Elise plays on pitball with Dante and. Leon. And after the match, they head to the showers. So there's a lot of flirting happening on. But remember, Dante's got this stupid deal, so he can't do anything or join it on the fun. So he directs Elise and Leon to get it on. And it is a very steamy read. You know, A plus for going around the Starbond. Like, kudos. Also, yeah. whoo. I will never forget that moment. And I've read some spicy things, but it was like one of my first intros into like multiple partners. And even though like it was just two and one dictating, I was like, yeah. You never yeah. forget your first three-way, Bridget. No, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and I don't even think they fully went three ways, but. Well, Leon and Elise did. Dante just stood there like, wah, wah, wee-woo. What is it called when you're um, 
A voyeur. Yes. Dante was a voyeur. Again, not just emotional blue balls for them. It's actual blue balls. (laughs) So that's a great scene. If you read it, you know, you know. We also get some additional tender moments with Ryder. And so Elise is trying to crack his shield. because She says, I know you are a normal human. You mask everything to put on this this big lunar brotherhood bad guy. And so I don't know how she figures this out, but she realizes that he just eats to eat to sustain his life. She's like, you don't do anything fun. You don't even eat fun foods. You're very boring. And so she tries to get him to have ice cream. And unbeknownst to us, we find out that Ice cream was one of the last things he ate with his family so before sad. his dad died. And so it wasn't just eating ice cream for him. It was like a physical thing he had to overcome to overcome some trauma to be able to relive that joy again. So it was really sad, but eh. a very sweet moment. Fucking That's hell, how I Hilda. feel about it. <laughs> I really don't like Ryder. It's, it's just mind-blowing. Oh, you know what? how she found out now that I think about it? She went up to him during breakfast and she saw that he was eating like just plain eggs. And she's like, what? This is disgusting. And she seasons it for him. And I think she might have thrown some ketchup in there. And then he was like, I can't eat this. This is like ridiculous. I just need food for, you know, to work out and, you know, gain muscles. And when he left, he ate it. He was like, nah, fuck. Maybe she's onto something here. Love writer. And then he gobbles it up. And I, <laughs> what is that TikTok? <laughs> you wobble it, I'm a gobble it. <laughs> I, no. I don't know that one, but I love it. Uh, and that's something you see, I think, more so in the next books, too, is where Elise is making fun food for him and he's just stuffing his face with, like, this is all new things for him. I love that reptile. Somewhat around this moment in time in the book because <laughs> I've lost my place a little bit, but around this time here, um, Elise is on the hunt because she realizes, look, I like all these guys, but ultimately one of them killed my brother, and I got to figure out who. So she goes snooping in Ryder's room. Um, oh, because be- she knows that Ryder – because Ryder had told her, I know all the ingredients in Killblaze. Yeah. And so she thinks that Ryder has been dealing Killblaze, so she goes into his room to look for it. Right. This is before they made up. Correct. I forgot this. My bad, y'all. The timeline, she's not perfect. It's all good. Anywho. It's fine. So Elise goes hunting for proof that he's dealing Killblaze to the entire school. And she gets caught. Uh, Bryce, who is writer's number two, comes in because he's a vampire, catches her in there. He's an asshole. We'll get into that, I'm sure, at another time. He's a jealous asshole. Yeah. Oh, Bryce yeah, is- that's right. He's jealous. Because Ryder- is- Ryder- also a vampire. Uh-huh. And they it- vampires want other people's sources. And so they Elise want the has the strongest source. The strongest source. And in this case, other people's, aka Elise's, because Elise has claimed Ryder. And so Bryce is pissed and jealous and basically calls her like, You're just a slut. When he's done with you, he's done with you. Yeah. yeah. And he can't even overpower her for it because Ryder gave up himself willingly because uh-huh. he finds her sexy and wants her. Yes. So Ryder comes in and he's like, what the hell? What are you doing in here? And she admits, she's like, hey, I think you're slaying Killblaze across the city and across this school. And I I was looking for proof. And he admits that as a basilisk, he's immune to poisons. So he can drink, but he won't get drunk. He can get injected with something. Nothing's going to happen to him. He's basically 
unpoisonable. To prove yeah. it, he has him go through all her potions and his potions and concoctions, mix all the stuff up, and he can not only is immune to it, but he can tell you exactly what's in it. So he proves his point to say, I'm not making Kill Blaze. I tried it to, to see what it was like, and it's terrible. So Ryder is someone exonerated from being in – he's exonerated from distributing Kill Blaze, not exonerated in the death of her brother. Now, I will say, there is during a flashback Gareth scene that we learn when Gareth was doing a job for someone else, he kind of gets trapped – this is a little unfortunate for him. He gets trapped in the closet during a session with Ryder and his Professor King that they were having a steamy affair with. Oh, yeah. She's and another king. Yeah. That needs to be so investigated. He's stuck in the closet watching this all go down. He's like, holy shit. Oh, um, it's because. He's trying to record it. No. Well, no. It's because there was an order, an elements class, and it was in. What's his face? It was in Gareth's POV. Yeah, Gareth's POV. We're basically we're finding out how Professor King is sabotaging Dante, and so Dante is like, "Hey, you know, I need you to watch her when I'm doing my magic because I think she's sabotaging me." And during the session, Gareth is like, "Well, I think I saw something, but she's a vampire, so I can't really tell." And so then Dante sends him on a job to get proof. And so Gareth goes into her office to look for stuff. And then he ends up stuck in the storage closet while Ryder is doing his, S was it S&M yes. routine with her and, and he videotapes it. Right. And then in this moment realizes, holy shit, Ryder's going to absolutely kill me if this ever gets out. So now we've got another possible suspect again. Writer exonerated in selling Killblaze, not exonerated in killing her brother. And now we just got another reason why he had a motive. You know, now that we talk about it, these siblings, Elise and Gareth, just like to, you know, put themselves in situations. They are just playing with fire left and right. And they're so ballsy that they, in the moment, they're like, ah, oh, shit, this was a bad idea. But then they turn around and they somehow end up in another situation where they're playing with fire with literally three of the most powerful fae in the academy. And this happens throughout all the time in Gareth's POV. He's running jobs for Ryder. He's running jobs for Dante. And another job with Dante, he meets Rosalie. And he's meeting all these cast of characters and things are happening. There was a job where they had to have like the FIB. He had to run back to the Kiplings. Hilda's giving me a face. She doesn't remember. No, no, that's true. No, I was going to say, neither of them has, like, any sense of, like, preservation. None whatsoever. Oh, yes. But Gareth is constantly juxtapositioned against everyone. He's like, Ryder could kill me. Dante could kill me. Gabe's definitely going to kill me for blackmailing him. So he's got all these people that are just. Yeah. And oh, Leon can never know I stole his crystal. Correct. Oh, yes. And Leon and can that never too. know. And one of the jobs that Dante gives him is to befriend his cousin that he kicked out of the clan for being addicted to killed Blaze. So, Which is the wolf that Elise killed in the first book. Not yes. that she killed him, but he would have he killed himself rather than tell her about the kings of the school. It's all connected. Lorenzo, right? Lorenzo? Yes. Yeah, Lorenzo. Yeah. So <laughs> we have Ryder and his ice cream and his little therapy sessions. We learn about Ryder's affair with Miss King, we just spoke about. During this time, now Elise has, a, I mean, Leon has his little tender moment. 
So he says, I'm taking you on a date, little monster, and doesn't tell her where he's going, and he brings her back to his house. Now, at first, Elise is pissed. She's like, I told you I'm not girlfriend material. Why didn't you let me know you were doing this? But she does seem to warm up to the group, and it's interesting to see the folks where Leon came from. So we meet his dad. His dad, of course, is into me and Lion as well, and all of Leon's moms. So he's got one biological mom, but because they're in a pride, he's raised by multiple other lionesses, I suppose. Yeah, um, it's Safira is the only one whose name I remember. Yeah, Safira. I remember her. I feel like there's something with an N, but maybe I'm just thinking of the Lion King now. I think that's, I think that's, his mom is Safira. Hold on, I'll look it up while. And then there's Rory, the older brother. Right, we meet Rory, who is Leon's older brother and kind of a cocky asshole. So, (laughs) of course you do. He has dark long hair. I believe he has tattoos. He's basically Leon, but like dark and gloomy. Okay, if oh, Leon's the yang, he's the yang. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Safira is his birth mom, and Marie and Letitia are the other two moms. Yes. And it's really funny when they're like, I I told you guys, mom, Elise doesn't eat meat. And like they have this moment where like, you don't eat no meat. They reminded me of my big fat Greek wedding. Like, what do you mean you don't eat yes. no meat? <laughs> and it was just like <laughs> It's okay. I make you lamb. And she like slaps his cheek. And that's what it reminded me of. But we, you know, get some interesting family dynamics here where they kind of think Leon is a lazy little lion and he's so used to everyone doing things for him. So when they hear Elise pipes up and offers that, oh, he's been making me dinners and he does this stuff. I'm like, oh, well, he didn't have to use his charisma to overpower you. And Leon kind of leans into that, which is his dad's sentiment too, and teases him a little bit about that as well. Now, Leon... His brother, Rory, again, like an older brother-sibling rivalry, is cocky to him. And he's like, oh, you see that Ferrari? I just stole it. And he's going off. And he's trying to use his charisma on Elise to show off. And Elise is not having it. So during the course of the dinner, I like this part. She, she you know, she's ribbing Rory right back because they have this, this fun little dynamic happening. And during the course of dinner, somehow she ends up stealing Rory's car keys. So she's like, we got to go. We got to go now. He's like, why? What happened? And she unlocks the car that to Rory's freshly stolen vehicle. And remember, the knights don't like anything being stolen from him. So Rory has a little lion temper tantrum. Leon is like, I don't think I could have loved you anything anymore than in this moment right now. And the two of them jet off in this fancy Ferrari, I believe. That's what it was. All right. So they like pull over on the side of the road and then bang and then keep going. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure they do. You can't forget the good parts, Caitlin. (laughs) You know what? What's funny is my brain was like, I know Darcy and Orion did that. And I remember reading that point and I'm like, oh, Leon and Elise did that too. For some reason, I keep conflating the two. I don't know why. Because they both happened in Ferraris. Yeah, but did they I actually? Because in my head, I just made it a Ferrari because hello, it's the Fey world, and well, I, I remember well, it from it the was first the, one. It was Leon's dream car to steal, right? Um, but Rory beat him to it. I don't. Think I don't a, remember the making. Like Did she also? Right. Uh, uh, I was gonna say, didn't she like snatch the keys from him from like pretending that his charisma Rory's charisma mm-hmm. was working and she was like flirting back with him and like getting all on top of him and she's like the keys. giving him backhanded compliments yes yes also 
I think this is a moment where we kind of realize just how powerful Elise is because you know, we've seen her flex her power, but unintentionally because like she was able to get all of the kings to become her sources. And now we realize that maybe charisma is just not working on this girl, which is supposed to be like extremely powerful. It's like not dark coercion, but it's real up there in coercion. It's just like a natural essence that blows out of them that can persuade people to do things for them. All right. So now we get to the next family moment with Dante. So Dante already had his you know, backstory. We met his family, but this is where he says, you know what, little monster, I got to go out to the club tonight. And she's like, yeah, you know what? I'll go with you. Oh, wait. Before you get to that. So after, after the scene where, what's his face? Ryder kicks Elise out of his room because they got into that fight or whatever. He was like, oh, I'm going to get back to doing the job I was supposed to do. You're right. Which is, we find brewing out that he's- some kind of concoction. He's, yeah, he's brewing some type of poison, some type of like gas. And then he actually t- ends up testing it on Bryce. And we find out that it's like an order suppressant gas. Yep. And a very Thank strong you. version of it. Yes. And this is what we presume is either part of or is the mission that Felix Escora had given him at the end of the last book. So, fast forward, back to present time. Dante's like, I got to go to the club. Do you want to come to the club with me? She's like, yeah, all right, I got nothing better to do. He's like, okay, well, I got to go to my family's club. It's the Black Hole, which, like, LOL at <laughs> all of these club names. The Black Hole, we've got the Sparkling Uranus, which is where oh her mom used to work. Like, just, I see it, Twisted Sisters, and I really enjoy it. I mean, is it a better club name than Electric Idol, which is what we had? That was our female I don't know. first. Sparkling Uranus is kind of really <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> Her R, yeah. Uh, yeah, Sparkling Uranus is funny. That would be a good one. They just keep. So Elise is a little gobsmacked. She's like, the black hole is your family's club? Again, growing up at a lot of strip clubs, she knows the strip clubs around. She knows the good ones, the bad ones, and everything in yeah. between. Like, this right. girl and knows this, the tier system. And this is, I'd say, a good one, a high stakes one. Where anything kind of goes. Yeah, because so, it's not just a strip club. It's more of like a fantasies fulfilled club as well. There's right. a lot more than lap dances going on at the Black Hole. Yes. I feel like it is, yes, a level Is this up. the same club that Lionel got busted at? I think so. I think, I think so. so. I don't feel like Lionel will be caught dead in the sparkling Uranus. You know what I mean? Oh, well, we know that man has class i don't know if it was at the club or it was a dancer from the club that went to like meet him somewhere off premises i don't feel like it was in the club mm. I don't think you know who must have been in the club the, stupid. the principal must have been in the club yes it was gray shine that was in the club Ugh. and he oh before we get to that was though, the vinyls. before we He's get horny to for that. the horn horny for something do dragons have horns? Oh, was it a dragon? I thought it was a Pegasus. <laughs> it was a Pegasus. No, wait. No. Lionel Lionel was a Pegasus. Yes, and then Greyshire oh, and wanted Greyshire Lionel. Was a di- yes, that's what was, it was. He wanted a dragon dung. <laughs> so before we get to this scene, because this happened before, Gabriel was doing some investigating and he broke into the Kipling's cache where they keep all of their secrets and he 
basically uses up all his magic, breaking through the spells, and he's searching the Oscura cave, portion of the cave, and he finds Dante's secret flash drive. And the flash drive has what he discovers to be incriminating evidence. The part that has incriminating evidence, and he realized that Dante has information to blackmail everyone. So this is how, I guess, the students are getting chocolate Pop-Tarts because Dante is blackmailing Grayshine because he has this video of Grayshine fucking or getting fucked by a fake <laughs> Lionel impersonator. Oh, can you imagine? And there's there's blackmail. There isn't blackmail on Gabe, but there is blackmail on Gareth. And it's from the pitball match where Gareth, I don't think we talked about it. Basically, we didn't talk about it, but he like beats the crap out of another. Of another school's captain because yeah. they were cheating during the game. Um, and they were trying to like cheat the Oscuras. And, and Ryder's blackmail is the video of him having S&M sex, sex with Professor King. But didn't so, people already find that out at this point? Yeah, but still, I mean, he has the video and then he finds a crumpled up picture with the stash of Gareth and Ryder having doing a star bond. Star bond, yeah. And so Gabe is like, oh, this doesn't look good for Dante because it looks like he found out that he was his person mm-hmm. is also working with Ryder. Uh oh. Uh oh, indeed. And as I said in the chat, this is the part that I did not take notes on because I'm like, I'll remember. You're like, this is too important. There's no way I forget. How? How would I forget this? One espresso martini and forgotten. <laughs> you know. All right. So Dante's at the club at the black hole. We run into Felix. Um, and he's the one who called Dante. He's like, hey, you got to come down for family fiz- business. So Dante comes down there and Felix is like, ah, you never come down so soon. It's fine. It's fine. And Dante's visibly annoyed. And he's like, but if you're here, we can talk about some stuff. But, you know, go hang out with your girl first. Then we'll talk family business. So Dante is annoyed because he's like, why did I have to come down here if you're just going to push me off? But I do get some alone time here with Elise. So they go off to the private boom boom rooms and (laughs) they have a a fun little striptease to each other. So... I think it was uh, Dante that brought it up and like Elise kind of joked like, oh, you te- strip tease to me. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, I am. Because I made these stupid rolls and this is the only way we're going to get to interact. So Dante picks a classic strip tease song. Can he you does- play the song? Oh, yeah. Please hold. I was like, I read it in the book, but I did not look it up at the time. You've never. Wait, you've heard the song. I can't well, remember what well, it is right now. I what? got you. Hold on. What? I probably heard it. I just can't remember what it was in the book. You know? Like, what's the name of it? Pony? Yeah. By Genuine? Oh, yeah. I forgot this was the song. Or Elise has. I thought this was Elise's. No, No, Elise has Dirty by Christina Aguilera. Right, which I want to talk about. So Dante is unleashing the moves. He is magic miking the shit out of this. And Elise is like, I'm getting hot and bothered by this. And he's everyone was getting hot and bothered by this. It was it was a good Every reader, I know you were getting hot and bothered by this. Fanning myself like loud. (laughs) (laughs) I 
And so and you're like, did he get moose or Janet Tatum? What is this? I feel like they watched Magic Mike. And they're like, okay, there's a hip thrust here. We're going to unbutton a shirt with our teeth here. You know, like you just watched it move for move. So he has this really good dirt, his, his striptease. And now it's Lisa's turn. So remember, she was raised by strippers. She helped her mom choreograph in the club. She knows what slays and what does not. I was thrown by her song choice. And I'm just going to say that. She picks Dirty by Christina Aguilera. I like the sample, so let's hear them. I'll, I'll play it. I It's it's because Christina was wearing assless chaps in her video. Maybe. Like, maybe I can see it. Sorry, I just forgot that song. Too dirty to clean my act up. I'm not doing a strip tease for this. Are you? Is this the long version? I'm waiting for it to like hit the part where she's like, dirty. Yeah. Yeah, I can see this. I'm seeing hands up in the air, dropping down. I, yeah, I'm yeah, it's, I it's different energy. It's like it's different definitely energy. different energy. Yeah, it would be for hard for me to transition from pony to this because you're going from like slow and sexual uh-huh. to very like a bitty bit bitty aggressive. Like, yeah. Now I don't know. I don't know what I would pick. I just don't know. You want to match the vibe, you know? Dante yeah. said the bar pretty high. It was a great song. I don't know what it'd be. Maybe like you know, like guns and. Pour some sugar on me. Is that like the female equivalent of Tony? You know what I mean? We're going to have to ask the readers for this one on the Instagram. I don't know. I need to know. What is your equivalent and what would you have done? Oh, that is an excellent question. I do. Write it down before we forget. (laughs) There's this song by Duran Duran that I feel like would be a really good striptease song. Duran Duran? Yes. From the 90s. Okay, I'm going to need a, 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 a visual control or an auditory control. Okay, I can see it, but no. It's, it's a no, no for me. <laughs> Sorry, but no. I can see it, Hilda. I can see it. Don't blaspheme Duran Duran. For a different time, yes, but for that time? Is that a child or is that a cat? it's a child okay couldn't tell all right so we're in with it's strip tease time things are getting dirty and all of a sudden (laughs) that was my best christina aguilera all of a sudden screams erupt throughout the entire strip club and then dante's like what the hell so i mean talk about a vibe change so they go out. The Escura gang members are all pulling out their guns. They're under attack. They look across the bar. Who's attacking them? None other than their swore, sworn rival. It's Ryder. And Elise is like, what the hell? Dante immediately springs into mode. But before they can actually start getting into the battle, they start to notice that they kind of feel a little different. I think they described it like the NARM is missing. And that's because Ryder has unleashed unleashed his gas in the club. And he basically- His order suppressant gas. His order suppressant (laughs) gas. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) He had too many eggs that Elise fed him and his gas is in the club. Taco Bell. She brought him Taco Bell. Yeah, right? (laughs) His order suppressant, his homemade order suppressant is in the club. And 
Actually, this part I felt was very well written because it was very dramatic. And you really got a feel for Ryder being a bad gang member because he executed someone for not telling him where Dante was. There's blood. Strippers are crying. Pegasus horns are flying off. Like it was. So I want to talk about this. Okay. A little. Well, get through get through the end. And All then right, I want to we'll talk about circle it. Back. So Dante gets into a fight with one of the gang members who happens to be Medusa. And one of her little sneaky heads bites him, which unleashes a powerful paralyzing toxin. So he is like army crawling before his body can give out on him over to the fridge behind the bar where, of course, like, of course, he's already got a plan for this is where – they have the anti-Medusa toxin poison. And that's where Elise hops over. Is like, what do you need? What happened to you? What the hell is happening here? So he's able to fumble because he's starting to lose the ability to speak. And she gets the toxin poison, um, the antidote. The antidote. To him. Yes. But of course, it's going to take a hot minute for him to come back around and get his body back up to normal. So oh, I'm forgetting a little bit what happens after that. So Ryder has lined up all of the strippers and yes. a couple of Skura gang members. And he's like, hey, oh, we have a cameo. Um, he's like, where's your leader? While that happens, Dante and Elise are hidden behind the bar. And then Dante is able to use his air magic to basically steal the air from everybody's lungs to make them pass out. And in doing so, Ryder starts looking for the person that is doing that. And Dante confronts him, but then that allows Elise time to get the strippers and, like, rescue them yes. away um, so they can get out of the club. And I want to say she uses, you know, Ryder is furious for Dante, and he's like, where is he? Let me at him. And Elise is like, please, don't do this, don't do this. Dante's not in a good way because he's coming off this toxin. And Ryder is screaming, I'll rip this place apart until I find you. Elise uses her air magic, I think, to fling him back, where she's then able to use the last strength of her vampire speed to book her and Dante out of the club to get out of there. Yeah, they're they're basically running through the different like levels of the club to get out and then they do they get as far as the kitchen when Ryder catches up to them and in the kitchen Elise was like let us go please Ryder let us go and then right that's when Ryder says well I wasn't coming after Dante anyway I was looking for the guy who sent me to kill him right so so we find out what we thought Felix Escora's mission was oh hold on yeah so he we thought Felix was sending Ryder in, setting writing up to kill Dante, and Ryder was actually coming to kill Felix because Felix handed him over to Mariella Ascura. Yeah, and that's basically – so Dante and Elise leave, and that's where the book ends. Well, I, no, no, no. No, no, it doesn't. Because they jut out of there, and while they have escaped, Ryder lets them live. They run into Felix. And Felix is like, Dante, how'd you get out of there? And this is where a standoff ensues. Then we find out that Felix Escora, the most notorious gang member alive, he wanted to have Ryder kill Dante. And so he set this whole plan in motion because he's tired of secretly running the gang. He just actually wants to run the gang. And so the two of them square off. 
Dante's Furious, you know, he said a traitor earns himself the worst kind of death and everyone's going to cheer as I tear you limb from limb. And there's a lot of talk, you know, back and forth. And as they fight, it's a bloody mess. Felix takes out with his ice magic, makes a big dagger with ice. He stabs Dante in the stomach and right through the gut and it's not looking good. Blood's everywhere. And Elise, Elise gets her order back. So she bites Felix. Right. So she gets, she's able to get some magic. So then she uses her air magic to fling Felix away to the That's opposite who gets end air of the magic alley. Away, yep. Well, she also did that to Ryder too. But then she uses her magic to help heal Dante. And Vampire Speed jets them away, you know, at the last minute as well. And so that's where the book ends. Where they're, you know, Dante comes through, Elise has kind of come through, and they're all realizing, like, what the hell just happened? Are we safe right now? Yes, but they don't know where Felix is, and now they know that they've got a traitor in their midst, and he was trying to kill them, so this is not looking good. So, as it ends, the streets will run red with the blood before it is won. Classic gang gang war street talk, you know what I mean? Not dramatic at all. No, but I'm here for it. So, that wraps up Savage Faye. Hilda, do you want to circle back to something? Yeah. So the part, okay. So we know that I don't like Ryder. And in this club fight scene that was happening, I, the entire time I was thinking, I was like, how does Elise forgive him? I know that he lets them go, obviously, because it's the second time I read the book. But I was like, how does she end up forgiving him for attacking the club? And then I realized that. Ryder was I don't think Ryder was saying where's Dante where's Dante or where's Inferno I think he was like where's your leader because he expected Felix to be there which Felix was and his he was trying to kill Felix and so I was like oh I was like this is why Elise doesn't stay mad at him because it was Ryder's intention it wasn't his intention he was just there that being said Remembering that made me writer less hateful a little bit. Yeah. Writer? It made me it made me hate him a little bit less. But this fight was one of the reasons that I was like, bro, this guy is he's like a killer. Yeah. Dante kills with honor, but this fucker is a murderer. <laughs> Dante, <does kill> with <laughs> honor. Dante is like your classic, like I have he's a, a mafia code. guy. Yeah. To this code. A man is nothing without his code. And writer's like, fuck that. I'm gonna kill you and your mom. And not feel bad about it. I don't think a lot of people think there's a difference between these two, but I, for whatever reason, think that it is in my head. Like, there's a difference between mob life and gang life. And yes. mm-hmm. the Lunar Brotherhood is straight gang. And you hear it say, yeah, Dante is mob. He's yeah. the Italian mob. He's mafia. Yeah. Well said. That's the difference between gang life and mafia life. All right. So, what thoughts did you guys have on this book? How'd you like it? It's a strong ending. Strong I like ending. that the spice ramped up. Uh-huh. I like that yes. too. I felt like the plot thickened a lot. Because it we did. still don't know at this point. We still don't know who King is. We still don't know who King is. We, we still don't, don't know, know who, who killed Gareth. Gareth. We're no closer to finding out or having a solid lead on any of that. So this book, you know, like we say in every ZA book, a lot happens, but not that much actually happens. It didn't in terms really push, of pushing right. forward those three plot lines. It Pushed forward the relationships. Yeah. So we learned more about the characters and their character growth towards each other or the relationship growth, but nothing actually pushed the needle for the plot. 
when it came to solving the mysteries. We do find out that Nightshade is working for the black card. So at least does have that she because she does have that lead and she does because she follows Nightshade to her date, which was the appointment. Right. And she finds the files on the um, kid. She yeah. On the kid. So she finds a bunch a of files. Point. Yeah. She finds so we a bunch find of files. That she's feeding depressed or suicidal kids to the black card. So they can take advantage of them and, and have yeah, to totally sacrifice forgot about that. them and yeah. steal their power. So but we did add another suspect to the list because now we have Professor King and her involvement. Like where is she? And that's I think she's in jail. Thing. I mean, I have to assume she's in jail, but you don't know at this point. When I first read the series, I was definitely, again, naively didn't know what a reverse harem white choose was. So I really didn't pay attention to Elise's relationship to the rest of the guys because I was like, pretty sure this is Gabriel's wife. So I didn't understand the connection to that she had to the other guys like Leon. I kind of understood because Leon is great, but like, I didn't understand the connections to like Dante and writer. But upon rereading this book, I was like, Oh, I kind of get why she feels close to them. Like they have a connection. Yeah. I, I didn't realize it either. I was like, I kept trying to figure out I'm like, what maybe the why choose is that she doesn't have to, she gets to sample and date all of them at once. Mm-hmm. Pretty seriously. Right, that's what I thought we were going and into. And then that's what I got someone, and I kept thinking, well, it seems like Leon's the winner here in this book. I, feel I kept like trying each- to figure out who Gabe's mate was the entire time. Right, and each book I feel like kind of makes you think like this. I think was like Leon's book where you're like, oh, maybe Leon's the one, and then they all sort of you know take different turns in different different pieces of Elise's life, not knowing where this was going. <laughs> Leads to my decision in book three, which we will discuss when we discuss book three. Yeah. The authors do a good job keeping you in, like, the suspense of what's going to happen yeah. with that. Yep. Good Because I've read some read. of them where the RH or the white shoes, like, the relationship happens within the first half of the book. And you're just like, all right, cool. For the first yeah. half of the series. I like the tension they gave. I like the challenge that they gave to the two of them. So it wasn't like, we're just going to give to everyone. Up, up the get go, you got to work for it. Um, and this isn't—I'd say this is on the shorter end of the Twisted Sisters books. This comes in at around four hundred twenty-ish pages. So compared to the twelve hundred-ish pages we just read, this is like nothing. You know what I mean? This is your appetizer. Oh, no, this is like a Sunday afternoon read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I love it. And much like Elise, I want more of it. All right, so before we head off, knowing that's our final thoughts and feelings on this book, we have a few shout-outs we wanted to give. So everyone has been deep into the world of Reading Zodiac Academy and other books, and there's a few folks that have reached out. So we just want to say, hi, girl. I'll see you. Thanks for chatting with us. We love chatting with you guys. So thanks to Sersha, Katrina R., Mackenzie, Katrina F., Renee, and Emma, who emailed us. So you guys know you can always find us on BookTalkMeetMe underscore pod. On Instagram, you can slide into our DMs and we'll slide on back because you know what? We love a good book convo. So let us know what your recommendations are. We got a few from you guys actually, which we started to figure out what we can add onto the schedule. Would you believe we'll plan out to June? Who knew? But 
We love a good book recommendation. We love hearing your thoughts and feelings as you guys go through the series. Not all of you have finished, and so it's really fun to see it again from a fresh fresh virgin perspective of the series, what's happening. Like a virgin. And, you know, um, when you get to the rough parts, we'll we'll be here. Yeah, we're great therapists. Or we like to think we are. If not, we got drinks. Yeah, so you can always come find us on booktalkmademe underscore pod, or you can email us. That works too, like Emma who emailed us. So you can find me at booktalkmademepod. Did I get that right? Wait, that's a really good question. It's like, what is our email? <laughs> What's our email? It's at Gmail. Do, do, do. Hold on, I have it open. It's- yeah, so you can email us at booktalkmademepod at Gmail. All one word. All one word. No underscore. And let us know your thoughts and feelings in a longer format there. Of course, we appreciate everyone who has joined in, who has listened, who's downloaded an episode, but we really love when you guys rate us and review us. It really means a lot to help us get our podcast more visibility and more friends and family to interact with. Um, Maybe not family, like this podcast is not for you, dad. Just saying that. Yeah, family, stay away more, from this. Don't more listen to anything. Friends. I just need we, more friends would be nice. Friends that will become family. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Found like family. That. This is us. This is us. It's our book fam. So book fam gang, please go take a minute to hop on to Apple Music. Give us a five star or whatever you feel is appropriate and a fun little comment. That would mean the world to us and we'd really appreciate it. All right, guys. You know what we'll be back with doing next. It's going to be book three in the Ruthless Boys series. And that one is, is that Vicious Faye? I think that's Vicious Faye. I just I'll, definitely I'll guessed. get it together. We'll, we'll I'll get it check. together. We'll fact Yes, check. it is Vicious Faye. Sorry, the pause was because I was looking it up. Appreciate it. All right, guys. That's all we wrote. Well, not what rewrote. This all, is all, all we said. All we said. <laughs> that's all we said. Although I did write notes. You can always find us again on Instagram, booktalkmademe underscore pod, or right here wherever you get your podcasts from. So from us tonight, we're signing off, plus a little guest who you've heard hiccuping in the background so adorably, because again, mom life. He's but- as cute as he sounds. Yeah, it's <laughs> a little hiccup. He's got a little baby mohawk. <laughs> All right, guys. So good night from us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.